welcome to 2018. This is the Banana Split episode 23. I'm just going to mute the uh, <laughs> bloody laptop because I might be having some feedback issues. Obviously, I'm a little uh, rusty with the whole technical side of thing. Um, Vin's taken a little break. We will have him back. But uh, for the meantime, I'm going to have to just battle through and see how we go with the whole uh, computer side of things. Not my um, usual forte, but on the other side of things, I think we'll be all right. But we've got Kevin Bowie, who's an IT expert. Hey, hey. Lovely he, to be here, Pat. Yeah, well, lovely for us to be here because uh, he's let us use his workplace, which is a lovely boardroom. We'll have to get a photo later. No, maybe he doesn't want that on social media. Or so. absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Thank and, of course, we've us. got Hazel. Hi. Um, yeah, I've got to keep remembering not to use her. I keep accidentally tagging her with her real name. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> it's cool. Just tell everyone where I live. Why don't you? No, I'm kidding. So, but yeah, no, we should have some fun. We're just going to talk about what's been happening in 2018 so far. I think we're about two weeks in. Yeah. Happy New Year, if you're Woo! just tuning in. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's been uh, pretty exciting. Uh, a lot of, of, I don't know. How is that it's just an arbitrary system? line in the sand, really. Like, I can't think of anything that's kind of flipped on its head since. Well, yeah, well, what know. did you guys think of the fireworks display this year? Well, last year. <laughs> Are we, do we really care? Was uh, it just slightly bigger just than the year before? I just feel sort of jaded about it recently. I'm wondering mm. if it's because I've seen it all mm. already now. Yeah. It's just like, meh. How, is it rude to ask your age? <laughs> Screw you. No, I'm like 28. Okay. Yeah, so I'm can add 10 years of jaded cynicism yes. to that fireworks reaction and then you're about where I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm the youngest yeah. person here and I still love fireworks. So. Yeah. I just, I love fire and I was like, yes, me too. And you're, then you ended with work. So I was like, oh, the youngest okay. person here and he's got the best job. He's, we're at his place and I don't want to, again, this is probably a good reason to not reveal where it is. There's free alcohol. I want to work I have a here. fridge full of craft beer and like, Tap beer on tap. I know it's freaking amazing. But uh, to be fair, it's a it's a real double edged sword though. I mean, I, I gained five kilos. I think yeah. the first yeah, five sucks. months I lived here. Yeah. Yeah. Screw I these guys. Here. <laughs> lived here. <laughs> Just live in the office. No yeah. one knew. Bit I was in the air yeah. <laughs> But Do they um pay you by the hour? Or is it more of just you know here to you done? salary i mean and okay. they, they encourage you know work-life balance and things like yeah. that i, I yeah. have nothing but good things to say about my employer so. yeah no me too <laughs> <laughs> i don't know who they are but i applaud them um and they're bountiful sort of uh yeah so anyway uh we're going to talk about uh there's a little movie that slipped into the netflix ether recently called bright with Woo! will smith and his co-star well you can't really see him but he does bring a lot to the screen, and that's Joel Edgerton. I did not recognise him no, at wouldn't. all under all that makeup. It was incredible. Yeah. Well, that's why their only um, Oscar nom was for the makeup. Who did the? Who was the makeup artist? You're gonna have to look that up because I don't care enough to. But I I'm will because them. I like makeup artists. Yeah. They're no, cool. they're without them, we're just you know, idiots on a stage. They're the ones that make it real. A lot of praise. And of course, the acting and the lighting and lots of things. It's a whole team effort. But They know. help with the suspension of disbelief. That's right. Unless it's an audio file, in which case they don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm still nervous about this. We're going to do a whole, like, 45 minutes of genius content and then it's just going to get turned into some kind of digital mush. So we'll see. There might be echo problems. We'll work it out. Um, 
We're trying our best, though. Yeah. Pat's been a long time. I did. I've been listening to some stuff. Australian podcasts where they argue about movies, and they have some guy ring in, and it sounds really. You know how you have that? I'm on the phone voice. Yeah. And I just don't like it. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Something to do with popcorn. But um, yeah, there was one episode where they echoed what? a lot and uh, drove oh, me nuts. Oh, right. Echoing. Okay, that makes more sense. Oh, so yep. you're saying popcorn, and I'm like, I'm eating popcorn right now. Is that a problem? <laughs> trying to remember. That's bad. I'd, I would look through my podcast subscription list, but it's gone well over 100. So, 100 but, podcasts? Yeah. It's a good effort. Yeah. I haven't listened to them Holy all right. shit. Uh, it's well, just like a dream. Sorry to interrupt. And, but yep. while Googling, trying to find out the makeup artist, I just came across an article that's saying, bright controversy, nearly 60 makeup artists claim they were left out of the end credits. That's shocking. That's a dick move. That is a dick move. Big time. Many of my friends are makeup artists. You should mm. totally follow them. I will drop them their names later because mm. I have to go look them That's up funny you mentioned that. I just I remember coming across a discussion on... A friend's Facebook wall, uh, Claire McCutcheon or Henchwench. Mm. She's uh, done a fair bit of work on actual projects, film, stage, that sort of thing. And um, yeah, they were talking about that. <clears throat> People constantly asking them to pay uh, work for, you know, um, exposure That's instead so of ridiculous. money. And then when they get credited, it's like, you know, they're supposed to be credited as one thing and then it gets drop yeah. down to something else it, that's politics with anything but honestly you've got to be so on point one of my girlfriends who is a pretty notable cosplayer on the Australian scene when I first met her this was ages ago back at uni I always thought she was a bit odd because she was such a stickler for always um, putting in you know who this was by who did this crediting people yeah and you I can't name drop you can't what? credit her no 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 she was like she yeah, was very much a stickler about when she wanted her name credited right. and how she credited other people and the whole way she went about it when she needed to credit me oh. and vice versa. And that's when I realised working in any industry, you really need to be on point with that. Because um, if you're not, you can actually really hurt the little guy. Mm. It's, a, it's a big deal if you miss out on crediting someone. Like I made a girlfriend one time from scratch. I made her head. You made a girlfriend from scratch? No. <laughs> Is this some... For a girlfriend. How do I get into this? <laughs> Lol. For a girlfriend, I yeah. made her this amazing... Just a little tiara headpiece for yeah. one of her costumes. Never credited. And I was like, I stayed up all night making that. That would have been nice. But you know what? She... And I did it for our friendship. So it's a little different because it's not Name a professional chain. thing. No. It doesn't work like that. Well, at but least, who's if, the cosplayer you were talking if about? If you want to... Uh, oh, actually, uh, it was Variable. Oh, yeah. Okay. So var- Variable. Um, she's really awesome but yeah that was like my I was quite young at that stage so was she I think she's younger than me but she's been in like that sort of scene far longer than I had so that was a big learning curve for me at the time my sister's actually a producer now and I think if she had known how I don't and I still am terrible at crediting people on my private Facebook stuff but it's okay because it's like my private Facebook profile it's not like a public thing but my sister would get really annoyed with me because she's a producer and actress uh, okay. Anyway, so the, the studio ADI is the Oscar-winning effects company that did the makeup for uh, Bright, mm. and they had about a team of 60 people who worked on it who had been omitted from the end credits. Um, but that's but who really watches them? Or is I that do. more for if someone wants to find 
they go, oh, I really like that yes. show, and then they'll look through so it. So one of the things that I like to do, especially in opening credits, is I always notice Danny Elfman when he's been, he's oh, like yeah. one of the sound mm. guys. Yeah. So it's like that. You pick up common names that you see regularly mentioned. Also, I love to stay at the end of credits because sometimes there's like a little spoiler or something at the end or a cute little end scene. Um, but it's a lot of fun to watch people's names go up, and then I like to make fun of the weirdest sounding ones. Just <laughs> maybe a little rude, but it, it's actually interesting to see um, how many people and appreciate how many people have invested into a film. It's a big deal. I mean, I'm sure the average person doesn't care, but no, if you work in the just, industry, if you work in the yeah. industry, I mean, this is your livelihood, right? Mm. I'm sure it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, doesn't it all end up on IMDb now? Just playing devil's advocate a little bit, but um, which is my uh, role as a cisgender white male. What? Well, I've got to play devil's advocate. That's uh, just oh, you know, oh, a right. default setting. But surely but the fact that it's on IMDb is like an even bigger reason for them to receive their credit, right? Because it means it's, it's now even easier to find that information online. So. Mm. Yes, yes it is. But it's also, um, I don't know, for me, if as a fan, as a passive audience member, I really enjoy Pat's face. Well, I also enjoy this other thing, but I was just laughing. Pat Sorry, drink I was something. not a fan. I mean, I can't <laughs> complain. I mean, it is free, but yeah. No sugar, sparkling, Mount Franklin mango. What is this, water of some kind? To be fair, I think that's it tastes better than the regular flavoured, yeah. plain, light, sparkling water. Oh, my God. But I'm not, I'm not a fan. Back I just to, prefer water. Back to what I was trying to say. Yeah, I, I really enjoy um, when you see mm. maybe an actor or a particular person that you're like, oh, they did a really good job that time. And then later on, like three movies later or maybe five years later, you see their name again and you're like, oh, is that that person? Oh, it's really good to see that person getting work again. <laughs> it's just a, like, I don't know. It's yeah. a good point, though, because, mm. I mean, you mentioned Danny Elfman. I'm sure if Danny Elfman didn't get his credit on The Simpsons, you know, or something like that. Um, oh, I know him through Tim Burton. Oh, really? That's how I know him. He's He did all of, pretty much he and Tim Burton are a power pair, power couple, whatever you want to say. I mean, that's, that's an he even better example. Every yeah. Tim Burton film, pretty much. Yeah. He's just so good. And yes, he did The Simpsons, but he's an industry name, behind the scenes name. He just does so much. He did one of the Spider-Man films, because I remember thinking, mm. I really like the soundtrack. Stopped to actually watch who did the music, and it was Danny Elfman. And I was like, oh, wow. Um, yeah, he's actually just really good at what he's he does. He also good. did MIB. The opening music score oh, for yeah, MIB yeah. is Danny Elfman. You can yeah. tell because it's so iconically weird. Yeah. I'm more of a... Who's the guy that did Prometheus and Blade Runner and... Director? Ridley Scott? No, no, the... The music. If we're talking Sorry. about composers. <laughs> you gave so. me a funny look. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we're talking about composers. So the guy that did another film, but... Um, Google I should it. really... Max... Uh, uh, I've got Max Landis on my brain. And speaking of Brian, the only controversy <laughs> is it's not just about not crediting people. It's also about the uh, writer. Because the writer was, the, the director was David Ayres, who did End of Watch, which is a very similar kind of buddy cop movie. But mm. um, with, you know, a lot of race issues. Kind of, uh, I mean, that was less subtle because it was like, yeah, it's a white cop and a Latino cop. And then they're in a black neighborhood mm. and they've got Latino gangs. And, you know, there was no... It was just right in your face. Well, but it played so straight and true that it worked. Well, for Bright in particular, it was interesting because they were looking at the systematic issue, I want to say, especially in America. You could also arguably, um, here in Australia as well, with the um, Aboriginal people, the First Nations people, I believe, is the way we want to describe oh, it. I think Aboriginal people. Oh, or Koori people. 
Uh, it depends what. Well, there's so many different. Well, that doesn't trials. cover the Torres Strait Islanders. And, yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't know the best terminology. I'm just mm. going to call them the First Nations. I like First Nations. That's cool. That sounds like it's something out of a video game. <laughs> um, so, yeah, with our own police and criminal justice system, as well as that in America in particular, there is an issue with it being um, systematically racist. And in, in Bright, in particular, it switches out what normally you see in current events. If most people pay attention to these sort of current events, these shocking news stories of, um, you know, especially black men, black young men being, um, you know, used, having excessive force used against them, that sort of thing, and being reprimanded and, you know, the highest percentile of incarcerated people in America. It's insane uh, because, honestly, there aren't, yeah, population-wise, there's a huge skew in regards to that. That doesn't make any sense. And, um, and yeah, anyway, Bright itself sort of switches that narrative by having orcs mm. instead. So we're not 100% sure if institutional racism per se is in the world of Bright, if slavery ever existed in the world of Bright, or if orcs and speciesism is what takes the place of institutional racism. Yeah, it's really hard to... I mean, it's pretty much our world and then just adding orcs and elves and... Middle um, Earth. Woo. Yeah, it's a really weird concept. And at one point, Will Smith references uh, Shrek. Like, he calls one of the orcs Shrek as an insult. And it's like, well, hang on. In a world where... Because that took me a little bit out of it because I was like, this is a world where all those things that Shrek has, like fairies and elves and these mythical... Um, well, it's more storybook characters, but you know what I mean? It's like basically making fun of fictional characters. Yet, would that still be as relevant in a world where all those things are real? You know, there's actual elves yes. and actual orcs. Actually that would Surely that would change pop culture. Oh, absolutely. The kind of movies that are running, the sort of stuff people are watching and reading, it would massively impact I, on that. I you wouldn't just have Shrek and the other... Well, I think I that's know. why they particularly chose Shrek as something both the audience today could relate to, having watched it growing up, mm. but also it adds another layer to how insulting that would be if there were actually a group of orcs or ogre-like peoples who existed that Shrek was obviously a kiddie parody of. Um, like, it's quite pandering. Mm. It would be quite insulting because it's like, we don't act like that. No, we no, don't no but Shrek's like the hero. He is a hero. Which is interesting, but it still would have been... It relies on stereotypes of the fae and fae culture and, oh, my God, I love fairies. <laughs> well, Max Landis doesn't because they're basically a pest in that universe. Well, speaking so. of which, the infamous lines, fairy lives don't matter today, was a very interesting <laughs> touch there. Thanks, Will Smith. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I really liked how he put that in because it's such an unhealthy attitude to have, uh, but it was such a throwaway line because you see him extinguishing the life of an actual fairy that is actually a pest. Mm. So it's got many layers on top of that as well. Um, I did want to actually raise something before. There was, there's been some interesting, uh, I want to say, interesting readings into Bright itself in regards to how racism and stereotypes and caricatures have played a part because... I think it was in 2014, there was a study released, and I heard this off of one of the, what was it, the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe podcast, that talk about how intrinsically white people 
uh, and this is the this is the uh, wording of the article <laughs> actually. Um, white people are biased to think of black people as having superhuman abilities. So when they did uh, a study, I think the results from memory that they were saying were. Uh, white people were more likely to associate black people with having super strength and therefore being able to withstand a high amount of pain and endurance, whereas Asians were viewed as having high intelligence instead. And now these are stereotypes that affect us on an intrinsic level, which means that we're not aware of them. And it has actually spurred research into the ideas of perhaps um, black people having more force uh, by police used against them when they're being arrested uh, and being viewed as being you know, large, overbearing, that sort of thing. So it's interesting that they chose orcs to represent that because that sort of adheres to that stereotype as well. It's what the other term might be, subconscious bias. Unconscious bias. Unconscious. Yeah. Is it? A, yeah. Unconscious, unconscious bias. bias. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting... Um, Sort of reminds me of a study mm. I've recently heard about where they put um, gender-neutrally dressed babies in a room and had people go in and then they acted, you know, just like they were babies and you look <laughs> at them. Apparently then they changed it so they told them they were boys and they would pick them up and throw them around and treat them a lot more roughly and not have them facing them. They would face the baby away. Whereas if it was a girl, they would be a lot more gentle and careful and help look them in the eye more. Wow, so because looking, um, looking a baby in the eye is really powerful for bonding and also mm. for reassurance. There's actually been studies that I remember reading that were saying that um, eye contact in very early childhood is so important for children. Mm. Uh, so that yeah. surprised me, though. Like the Being rougher with the baby that's a boy, I kind of get. I mean, I've got a two-year-old and I'm quite happy throwing him around. I don't know if I would be as rough if I'd had a girl, so I've got to admit, maybe there's some unconscious bias there. Oh, there is. I'd guess. But the whole looking in their eyes thing, I'm pretty sure I'd be either way, just as, you know, I'm always... One would hope. There's a fair amount of eye contact there, so... Well, speaking of um, subconscious or unconscious bias, that, recall, that reminds me of another study they did where they put a piece of paper in front of you and you had your hands up in um, clasped together in like a, a ball, hands together in front of you in a ball, past the piece of paper, so you can't see anything past... The piece of paper is right blank in front of your eyes. Now, someone has their hand on top of your two hands and they're pushing down and you have to push up against their force to keep your two arms which are out of from your body up um, now they put uh, blank paper and most people were able to withstand the force they then cover the front of your eyes with blue paper so you're looking at blue and you were able to just stay with the same force they put pink paper and it, no one could keep their arms up everyone instantly failed on the pink and they said that it's um, most likely a conditioned learning behaviour that when we see pink, we associate it with femininity and therefore weakness. So the majority of people will instantly be more tender, which is interesting because um, back in the day, uh, I want to say like previous century sometime, um, originally pink was for boys and blue was for girls. Yeah, I thought it was like the 30s or 40s and yeah, then interesting department switch. stores decided to 
get really heavy with marketing and changed it up. Well, gendered items actually improve sales, which is mm. why a lot of people needlessly gender items that do not need to... Like, rattles should not have a gender. Mm. As long as they, they're a rattle and they work. Oh, you know, they have, uh, they have gendered kinder surprises now. No! Yeah. Mm. I, I know. was shocked. <laughs> I like pink things because, A, most people don't want to buy the pink thing, and B, uh, so I get it on sale, and, and B, no one will steal my pink things. I don't, I don't love pink that much. Like, I like it, mm. but I don't, I'm not in love with it or anything. I, uh, I like pink, the singer, and blue, <laughs> the song. Um, yeah, so. Is that I'm, on I'm feeling blue the name, or is it just on feeling blue? That's I, think, I, think, I think the song is called Blue, isn't okay. it? What about Blue Moon? Is it like one of those one-hit wonders, like the artist never did anything else? Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> I can't remember the artist. But, um, pink yeah, pink, I'm not a fan on, on, if you're talking about products... Yeah, There's I can't a imagine whole anything spectrum of pink. like car clothes. There's nothing I would. Maybe a pink tie with the right suit. Oh, a pink tie definitely works. Well, yeah. you know, pink shirt with a black suit. That's yeah. very yeah. Interesting. Very um, genetically, men and women see certain colors on the color spectrum more vividly than the others because of the XY chromosome sort of thing. Because the color that you perceive can be on the X. That's why more men are likely to be colorblind than women. Colorblind is carried on the X chromosome, colorblindness. That way, men only have one X chromosome and one Y. Wait, so women see color more vividly or? No, women just see a different, um, like, emphasis. Uh, different colors are emphasized more vividly. That's all. Huh. So, um, like, no one sees the same colors exactly the same as someone else. I'm quite sure that's the... Um, that's the attitude that I'm getting aware. very meta at the moment. It's, it's more like that abstract concept of color. Yeah. <laughs> it's like wow, that's deep. Yeah, uh, well, anyway, know. in regards to color blindness, uh, more men are likely to be color blind than women because of that. So when I'm mm. saying different people see colors, especially gendered colors, um, that's because of the XX chromosome having that particular spectrum and the XY limiting your spectrum. You don't have doubles. If you have a double, it can cancel itself out as well. So uh, that, that's something else, though. I'm, I'm going a little bit too in-depth there, sorry. Uh, let me backtrack and just say that this means that men tend to see lavenders more vividly. Purples to pinks, you will see, you're far, far more able to pick up on those particular colours, which is why there's that stereotype of men saying, it's not pink, it's salmon, because you can see those tints particularly mm. well. Yeah, I thought it was because if it's pink, it's girly and salmon. No, that's you know, well. Th that's the joke. That's the running joke. But okay. um, actually, men tend to be able to pick those particular tints and shades from pink through to lavender and purple mm. far more vividly. Than so if you got one of those color charts that has like fifty shades of the same color, a man would be able to discern the difference well, better than a woman, given some, the, depending on the color. Well, some people can, yeah, mm. and some people have I think more than the. Uh, you know how we normally see. We're taught in school, you can see what was it, blue, red, and was it green? I forget now. It's been forever since I looked this up. The three main colors that we use, uh, like try, I want to say. The, the primary, oh, the primary colors. colors. Primary yes. colors that yes, we can yes. actually see. see that they're yeah. like, so they're blue, red, and yellow. That's yeah. it. Are the primary blue, colors. Yes, that we, can, that we use through our eyes to see um, for the cones. That's right. Am I making sense here? And there's something just RGB, so, red, green, and blue, yeah. like the TV. So when. There's multiple cones. Some people actually have the ability to see uh, a fourth colour as well, so that's pretty sensitive. Anyway, talking about colour, let's link back to bright because I thought the lighting was rather interesting. It was very dark, uh, although I really enjoyed that sort of atmosphere, especially 
in the nightclub scene. Pat just had another sip of that drink he doesn't like. I grew up poor, so I'm still going to finish it. Lol. Anyway, um, what did you think about the lighting to do with Bright? Like the whole colour scheme? I don't know. I didn't really focus on it, I guess, which says how good it is because you don't notice it if it's just blended in perfectly with the story. But, yeah, I mean, it just fitted. It was an urban, gritty, dark. I mean, it was literally dark and content-wise. So, yeah, no, it seemed to be uh, all... Um, it just fit right, and that's why it's surprising me to see these uh, Metacritic reviews that are down to zero or ten or twenty, and just hating it. There's so much hate for it, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I know the writer has some issues, and he's being phased out, and won't be involved with the second one. Mm. Um, good old Max oh, might have I... had a bit of a heavy hand with the ladies. Oh, um, well, uh, it's allegations at the moment. Oh yeah, allegedly. Mainly allegations. Well, it's an interesting thing when you read the tweets that are alleging these allegations. They're saying. I don't know who you're talking about, but if I did, I'm sure his father, who is would be really influential and good at covering up his tracks. Um, so it's sort of like, I don't know who you're talking about, but if I did, you know, that mm. sort of thing. Like, uh, I didn't see that film, but if I did, I'm sure I wouldn't have liked it. You know, it's just making a non-committed statement is what they're doing. But it's mm. interesting. Though. It's pretty damning, though, when people who you've worked with will say these things about you. Mm. I think I feel like it's quite damning. No, absolutely. And it, it's worth noting that his father is uh, apparently quite a big player in that area. As, uh, well, sorry, uh, by player I mean he's quite wealthy, quite well off, quite well established American Werewolf in London, one of the best films of all time. Um, yeah, the fruit unfortunately fell a little bit too far from the tree this time. And apparently he's a dick. And I'm only going off uh, a podcast I listen to called Hollywood Soapbox Office. Or just Soapbox Office. Look for that. Um, two guys that know what the hell they're talking about. I know there's plenty of um, two white guys talking about movies, podcasts out there. Uh, but this really is, you know, one of the best. And, uh, yeah, they've run into the guy a few times in their social scene and through the industry um, because they're both amateur filmmakers and uh, don't have a lot of nice things to say about how he treats people in general, not just women. So... Yeah, Don't step down on people around you on your yeah. way up the ladder. It's a bad idea. Yeah, you can only um, coast by on the coattails of uh, you know family and friends for so long. Well, that, that's the other thing is I'd like to encourage people, unless, they're, unless you have evidence that says otherwise, I would always say be aware of allegations to support people who have come out as victims, but that doesn't mean that you need to take the law into your own hands, in particular... Um, it's interesting because people are being encouraged not to hire him, that sort of thing. So that could I could definitely see that has having serious repercussions. These rumors on his, uh, I'm gonna say career. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be Josh tranked for a while. Well, that's the other Hollywood thing. Jail. The other thing is that he's distanced him from this film, but not for those reasons. Mm. I was reading up just before it was saying that he distanced himself because he didn't like the rewrites. Huh? There you go. Also, uh, Bright 2 is coming out, and I believe it's called Brighter. Ah, there's plenty of um, room for puns. I like it. I just stuff. think no, it's hilarious. Territory. Yeah. I just think it's hilarious that a movie called Bright is apparently very dark. <laughs> I feel like the director's probably messing with you a little bit there. That's a, that's a very cute... Um, yeah, there's a lot of yeah. different angles you can approach it from. But, um, well, I, I, I liked it, so I'll give it... We've got to give it a score eventually. Um, out of 10, I uh, definitely had some... Issues because it is basically a buddy cop movie in a gritty 
crime-ridden area. I mean, they introduced all the frippery of fairies and demons. Well, not really demons, but I'm sure we'll see some eventually. You know, magic users, like a bright, is a basically someone that can use magic. And if you basically pick up this wand that everyone's trying to get and you can't use magic, you don't have the right, I don't know, midichlorians or something. If you're a um, You'll just get... You'll turn to dust, yeah. Yeah. There was a pretty cool scene where a bunch of um, Latino gangsters pick it up and just get vaporised. Well, speaking and of... And someone runs in and goes, hey, where, what happened to those guys? And it's like, well, you're breathing them. So it did have some good lines. Speaking of villains, yeah. I have to say some of the villains were very interesting. One of them in particular, I believe he's Latino, I can't recall. Oh, was he the guy in the wheelchair? Yeah, the guy in the wheelchair. Right. I liked that he was in a wheelchair and a villain mm. and that was his motivation. That is just so clear. Of course, he's desperate to get the wand. The wand is literally a nuclear wish granter, uh, for lack well, of Well, that's what term. everyone believed, but I don't think that's how it would have worked out for him anyway. Well, anyway, yes, but yeah. he wanted the wand to grant him not only power, but to fix him because he was wheelchair-bound and he had a, um, what do you call it, the thing, the little baggy? Oh, the colostomy bag, bag, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, I knew the composer I was trying to think of before, it just came to me. Um, now it's gone again. Sorry. Oh, damn. Oh, it'll come back. Hans Zimmer. Oh, yeah. It just came back. Yay. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, that's the other thing that I've recently become more and more aware of, is especially with people who have terminal illnesses or things like that. Uh, it's really interesting. Uh, the Skeptics, Australian Skeptics and Skeptics Guide to the Universe podcast, they're really against uh, charlatans and things like that, selling miracle cures and all of that, because when you're in that position, you will believe anything. Mm. And you will try anything to get better for it. You, you, you want a miracle, basically. And that's their problem with charlatans is that they're taking your money because they know you're in a desperate situation. I have to make sure I'm subscribed to that one. Yeah, oh, it's really What's good. What's it called? Australian? There's the Skeptics Guide to the Universe. I think I have that. And the Facebook group is the Australian Skeptics. Yeah, I'm in that. Or the Science Enthusiasts, TSE. They're really fun to talk to. Uh, I highly recommend them because they always... Uh, they're quite good at looking at things objectively, I find, uh, in the sense that they require you to produce your own evidence and they will analyse your evidence and encourage you to do logical, analytical thinking when you you know, want to discuss something, which I think is actually incredibly helpful because you know, debating style-wise, that just refines you to argue points better. doesn't necessarily mean you're right if you can argue well. It just means you can argue well. But sometimes it helps you strengthen a weak argument into a better one because your point might be correct. You know, a weak argument doesn't mean the point is wrong. It just means the argument is weak. I think it's important to keep in mind, though, in a, in a world with uh, fake news and alternative facts, I think it's important to... To have these things in mind. Long. Can we also talk about how the elves were like white supremacists, basically? Well, that's how I saw them, as in they were really privileged, you know, genre or class of people. They did actually, funnily enough, this is almost a throwback, that this sort of classification of uh, elves or mythical people being supermodels and super rich people uh, was also done in MIB, which Will Smith starred in. Because oh. they had all mm -hmm. like... They had Michael Jackson was like, I could be Agent M <laughs> in MIB2 because uh, he wanted to be one of the first, you know, interspecies MIB agent or something like that. Uh, but there you go, yeah. So they, they had all these, like, famous actors screenshot cut up and pasted on the screen in MIB who were all the aliens they were apparently watching. Oh. 
and like supermodels are supposed yeah. to be aliens from a certain planet. Well, yeah, okay, it's kind of a it's it pushing a, it, but it's a yeah. It just I reminded me of that. Yeah. Yeah. That that joke. But what, uh, what did you think of the elves and their yeah, culture? Yeah, they were pretty cool. But obviously they're complete douchebags because they try and run things and don't, you know, there's that whole trickle-down economics which doesn't work. By the time it gets anywhere near the working class, it's just more like a trickle-down vapour. So, um, mm. you know, it was emblematic of that whole paradigm where we're living in this world where the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer and, you know, it's playing on that whole... Um, sense of unease and anxiety about the fact that, you know, yeah. hey, people are starting to realise we're never really going to make it, we're never really going to achieve that dream of all the consumer... I've been listening to Russell The American dream the of making yeah. it into the top one percentile because class movement actually is not that easy or possible. It doesn't matter how hard you work. Having money in a lot of American ideology is um, the equivalent of being a good person because you must have worked hard to get that money. No. That just means that your parents are probably rich mm. or able to give you a good future. There are very few people who transcend class barriers and boundaries. Yeah, I mean, 60% of the world's population live on less than $5 a day. So, um, and a, a large proportion of those people live on less than a dollar. So, wow. you know, which, how do you survive on that? Well, I guess it's relative to where and you it's live. Never gonna, it's just getting as worse well. like, as time goes on. And the people that run the system that perpetuate it, like, there's no incentive for them to change it. So, yeah, it's kind of depressing. <laughs> Which is why we retreat to fantasy. Yeah. Yay, that's why we have Netflix. <laughs> I was going to say I adore this film because it plays into the genre, and I don't see enough of it, of pure fantasy. And when mm. I say pure fantasy, I'm talking about elves and fairies. Give me all the damn fairies. I want to look at, like, the old Irish fairy tales. Like mm. I grew up with them. Um, I probably pronounced them all incorrectly because I don't speak like the, was it Gaelic or Gaelic. Yeah, yeah, I don't speak you Gaelic. You must be a fan <laughs> of the Guillermo del Toro films. Del Toro? No, like Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. He did that thing with the girl where she gets lost in the maze and it's the guy with the eyeballs in his hands. Oh, you mean Pan's the lab- Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth, yes. Yeah. Speaking of Pan's Labyrinth, that, that's a part of another... Uh, I'm actually predicting Bright will be mm. one of the cult films. Um, it was. It will not be widely received as Pan's Labyrinth was because, oh my yeah. God, those costumes were to die yeah. for. They were amazing. I actually really want to make a skinny Slender Man cosplay from... You know, the, what's he called? The Pale Man mm. from Pan's Labyrinth. I want to dress up one of my guy friends in latex like that. I think he could pull it off because mm. he's got super skinny legs. So we just uh-huh. have to black out about the... Pat? Actually, uh, no, I'm talking about a friend of mine, Kieran. I do not have skinny legs. (laughs) Put that out there. That can be on public record. But I I do think Bright, much like Rocky Horror or Mm. uh, Pan's, uh, not Pan's Labyrinth, sorry, The Labyrinth, or perhaps even the other Jim Henson film. um, Is it Jim Henson? It is Jim Henson, the famous puppeteer. Henson? Jim Henson. You're talking about Little Shop of Horrors? No. It became a cult. Although I I would also agree Little Mm. Shop of Horrors. I'm talking about uh, Dark Crystal. Oh, okay. Uh, that I could totally see Bright becoming one of those. Is that the one they're doing a new series? Not a reboot, it's like continuing on. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I'm super excited. It was a uh, childhood mm. uh, favourite film. Yeah. It was all done with puppets, The Dark Crystal. It's insane. Uh, yeah. So it's the guy who did Sesame Street. He is one of the best ever in the mm. puppeteering community. Everyone looks up to him pretty much. Yeah. Um, Jim Henson's a man. 
And I know this because one of my guy friends comes from a family of puppeteers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's one. He's one of two. I still didn't give it my score though. He's one of two. I was about to give it a score and then I just rambled. What's your score? So what is your score for Bright? I'm going to go with seven and a half. Like I said, I had issues, but it was a fun ride, and I think it'll be like Dread, where not everyone likes it, and it didn't. I mean, I don't know how many people watched it, but. You know, obviously it's not for everyone, but there's going to be enough fans out there to, you know, keep the flame. A boot. Nice and I bright. Don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> what about you? I say a boot. Um, that was trying it. to, you know, flame bright. I was trying to terrible. Lol. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, I'm going to give, give it a nine because I fucking love fairies. Okay. Fairies. Uh, I'm sorry to hear about. Um, so you're a big Max fan Landis, of fairies and puppets. But yeah, I mean, you can separate the creator from the work yeah but speaking right. of um it's interesting i didn't think there was much cgi done mm. in this film a lot of practical effects yeah but i, I was thinking with the advance of it into more and more movie things mm. that's going to be really interesting coming up is there anything else um you're looking forward to in particular yeah what have you seen that we haven't especially it wise <laughs> we tried not to spoil it there's oh. a buddy cop movie set in oh, a lot of yeah. and fantasy I don't know what else you can say without spoiling it. Yeah. They're trying to get this wand across the city <laughs> or at least keep it away from someone that wants it and it goes and everyone's trying to get them. It's a bit like uh, Escape from Precinct 13. In that sense, you've never seen that? With, yeah. um, there's two versions of it. There's one in the 70s with John Carpenter. I'm too young. And another one in the 90s or early 2000s with... Um, oh, he's been in some great movies. So what about anyway. yourself? It's with Kevin. Yeah. yeah. What about yourself, Kevin? Yeah. What what sort of movies or something that you've seen recently in pop culture oh, well, that has inspired so, you? So I'm a fan of Black Mirror, which is a, a series Ooh. on Netflix. Oh, I haven't seen I've been so waiting great. to watch the new season. Yeah, so, so. so the new season came out, I think, in the last week of December. Um, for those of you who don't know, Black Mirror is a, an anthology series. Um, so every episode... It likes Twilight Zone and... Yeah. What's that other one? Mystery something... There was Twilight Zone, then Steven Spielberg did his own Amazing Stories or something like that. Mm. Steven Spielberg produced it. And oh, right uh, every week was a different kind of... Yeah, um, so, so the idea is that every episode has its own set of characters, has its own story. It's, mm. Every episode is a, a separate, self-contained story. Mm. Um, and so I've been slowly working my way through Black Mirror. It, it, uh, it very much talks about what the world could look like in the future with uh, all these advances in technology. It's overall, overall, it's a very depressing series. I wouldn't watch it if uh, you're looking you, for something Have you happening. seen any of the new apps? Yeah, so I've seen so the first Does it keep up the quality? Um, I think it's just as well written and just okay. as well acted as it always has been. I think it lacks the subtlety that previous seasons have okay. had. Well, obviously the first season was English. The second season was also English. I know there was t- yeah. at least one season was... Fully produced by, not the BBC, but someone over there. So, so season three um, onwards, it became uh, Netflix. a Netflix series. Yeah. Um, season four is, uh, I think it's pretty heavily, heavily American. Yeah. Um, Jodie Foster directed the second episode. Is she oh. American? She yes, hates, she is. She recently came out as uh, hating superhero movies. Oh, really? Um, I'm a bit on the fence with her. Uh, no one watches, you know, proper cinema anymore. I mean... It is proper did, cinema. She better. made the bloody, that movie cinema. with the... Uh, Mel Gibson and he's like talking through a puppet. Remember that one? No, no, no I was, clear. Mm, critically, 
mixed reviews. All right, let's just leave I it think there. looking down on uh, the original medium of narratives such as comic books in that way is a bit elitist. And it's yeah, also yeah. No. Don't, don't go there. Don't under mis- underestimate the general populace, mm. I think, is the way to go, is the way you need to be aware. Like the pub, What we remember is what the public likes and wants us to remember when it comes to films and literature and things like that. When editors choose what version of a novel they want to publish, which edition, they choose the edition that will get the most sold that will have the most impact. They don't care what the original artist wanted to create. They really don't. It, what matters is sales. So at that point, vote with your money, mm. people. Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, if you follow that to the con- obvious conclusion, you end up with things like Lord of the Rings being remade um, as a series. I don't think it's on Netflix, but they're spending a ridiculous uh, amount Amazon, of money on it. Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And it's like they're spending, like just to get the rights was a few hundred million dollars. Yeah. Um, so there's already, you know, 80% of their budget. I hope uh, New Zealand's going to be happy then, if they film it in New Zealand, that is. Yeah. They already I have mean, everything set up. <laughs> but, like, how many awesome fantasy-style properties are there that are just like Lord of the Rings um, that they could have used? And it's just kind of sad that that risk aversion does lead to a bit of um, unoriginal content. Absolutely. Speaking so. of which, I did want to bring up a fantastic series, if no one's seen it yet, that's old actually it's a canadian series called lost girl which you can mm. only get if you have uh, a netflix what is it vpn for canada or uh. us lol not that i know anything about that <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm just saying that if you get uh what was it it's a canadian series lost girl oh, i forgot my point something about a succubus that's right uh the the plot of lost girl is it's a female lead, she's a succubus and a detective, and she actually grows up human. So we discover the universe of the Fae, which is very much rooted in historical fairy folklore of their having the dark and the light, uh, sorry, the dark Fae and the light Fae, two different courts. So if you're really into fairies like I am in fairy history, go there because they reference all the traditional fae and fairies that she encounters on her journey and uh, as she is unspoken for because she chooses neither side she chooses the side of the humans neither court has jurisdiction over her because if you go with the court it's much like being in a gang you know if you if you're with this gang you must adhere to their rules and pay their dividends or whatever and they'll place you in an upper place to work that will benefit them Hmm. well i really have to find that it's really good. She's actually, uh, and this is an adult show. Do not let children watch this because she uses the succubus and she does use her powers. Hilariously enough, there is one scene where she kisses the guy and she's like, I love a man in uniform. And he looks at her and in a very camp manner turns around and says, well, that makes two of us, honey. <laughs> so obviously her powers don't work on those of a different persuasion. Uh, so there you go. Yeah. No, that, that rings my bell. But uh, yeah, it reminds me of Neil Gaiman has a, book uh, American Gods uh, which I recently listened to the audio book version of where they have all the um, they do one with all the actors from the TV series mm. but I heard an earlier one that had pretty good voice actors anyway so I recommend uh, and that has basically like anyone that has enough followers becomes a physical manifests itself physically so one of the main characters well, I don't want to give it away too much but there's an old Norse god and then his brother and father and all that are running around and they're dealing with the fact that the new gods 
like TV, the internet. Uh, there's a whole bunch of new characters that keep popping up and basically trying to kill the old gods. There's this whole battle of um, wills and apathy versus... And, and there's all these like avatar types. Like There's a woman that's basically like a succubus-type character. Cool. There's some interesting encounters. So, Fantastic. Yeah. I'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah, yeah. No, you love it. And I think that's on Amazon. So, uh, yes. unfortunately, not everyone has Amazon. Uh, that's probably like... There's Stan and Netflix, the main ones in Australia. Yeah. And then Amazon's kind of slowly... Last time I tried Amazon, it was super slow. Hopefully, it'll change with uh, Amazon coming to Australia. It just got really sexy in here because the lights <laughs> turned off. The lights just turned themselves off. Yeah, I don't know. That might be... Amazon heard us. It might be like a... Um, a bit of a someone telling us to wrap it up. I'm really into a few more streaming services. So Anime Lab, I recently watched Psychopath. And there's Crunchyroll, is that the same? Yeah, same Crunchyroll okay. I do I don't like. I don't feel like it has enough variety. Okay. But I really like Anime Lab Psych oh, if, if you get a chance to watch Psychopath, it's it is oh, think of a sci-fi futuristic anime which is about Japan. And there is an artificial sort of, well, it's kind of like an AI, but it's a government AI, basically, and it scans you. And it can tell from its scan of you whether or not you're at risk of committing a crime. Oh, so and it's like you, that Minority Report. It is like Minority Report. And sometimes it will judge you as being a latent criminal when you have to go to a rehab facility. Or you can help detectives and be recruited if you show promise. Yeah, I'd be screwed in that it's world. horrifying. Well, look, we have a giant... Um, Projector screen. This is fun coming to offices. The last podcast we did in an office was Ruben's, and all they did was talk about wrestling. Wrestling! Yay! I love wrestling. Oh no, Sorry. not another one. <laughs> it's the hive mind. Look, I Dragon, Ball, all day. Dragon Ball Z is my wrestling. That's yeah. as far as I go when it comes to men doing yeah. crazy stuff. And it's, women. It's also women, yeah. yeah. All, my, all my anime fandom is all in the 90s. <laughs> so. Slowly out of the loop. But yeah, I got the the 9,000 thing. That's from Dragon Ball. Yeah. Over 9,000. Yeah. I like how they jump on. Like there's a YouTube pranking phenomenon where they jump up on counters and different <laughs> McDonald's and places like that and just start doing that. Uh, uh, what do they call that? When they just sort of Going make up to a lot Super Saiyan. That's right. Yeah. Power up. Yeah. Level up or whatever you want to call it. I forget now. I actually absolutely adore Dragon Ball. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, sorry, not to be confused with Dragon Ball, the prequel. Speaking of which, if you didn't know, Dragon Ball, the prequel, is an allegory for Journey to the West. The Chinese um, slash, uh, story. Well, I say Chinese, but I think it's Tibetan monk, Buddhist monk. It's, um, Isn't that basically mythology. monkey magic? Monkey magic. Yeah, it's monkey yeah, magic. Yeah, I was like, as soon as I heard Journey in China, I'm like, yeah, it's monkey yeah, yeah, magic. Yeah, it's monkey yeah. magic. It's um, about a Buddhist monk who goes to the West to, uh, I think, deliver or receive some ancient text, texts. Basically, it's his journey to India with the monkey king who is trying to be redeemed. Mm. And he has to show the monkey king um, yeah, ways to go about that. It's fascinating and I highly recommend it. Also, Vegeta is my favourite character of DBZ. He's a, the Saiyan prince and he has by far the most interesting redemption arc. He's the most character development of any character in that mm. series. I know Goku is supposed to be the main character, but damn, Vegeta takes right. some damn care. I wonder how you pronounce that. I was always so, a Trunks fan, to be honest. Well, think, uh, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's so interesting. I was always a fan of future Trunks, not the, not the real Trunks. Future Trunks was pretty cool, yeah. Um, Trunks is Vegeta's son. So, uh, interesting little thing, uh, the names that were chosen, for example, 
the Briefs family, which is uh, Bulma Brief, who who's most supposed to be like the smartest woman in the world, and her father. They've all got um, underwear sounding names because they're the Briefs. Lol. Um, so Bulma is obviously from Bloomers. Trunks is Trunks, and then Bra is obviously Bra. Bra is her daughter. Vegeta, however, on all the Saiyans have vegetable orientated names. Yeah. So Goku's real name is Kakarot, carrot. Um, then you have Raditz, which is radish. Uh, who else? Is You'll that? have uh, Broly, which is broccoli. Yeah. My life is so much better for knowing this. And, um, so if you need to go back and watch every single episode, which of course I would, and I think there's about 32,000 of them at this point. <laughs> Over 9,000 um, They're all on Anime Lab. Uh, I'm pretty sure Anime Lab, yeah. And wow. any streaming services, they're, they're, there's a number of websites that stream them free, so you can just watch them. Uh, no. I was also going to rec- say that Vegeta, the reason he's called Vegeta and their planet was called Planet Vegeta, is because he's Prince of the Vegetables. Uh, Which is adorable. Vegeta, oh Vegetables, yeah. and he has a little brother called Tarble. Uh, well, if it's I ever find terrible. a way to freeze time and to stop my body from aging, I will put that on my list. It's funny you should say um, freeze time because yeah. there's a villain called Freezer. <laughs> and his brother is cooler. And their father is King Cold. We're never going to get out of this rabbit hole, are we? Never. Never. Uh, how about that Star Wars, hey? We didn't get your review. Of Star Wars? Did that do it? Um, oh, yeah, I Last know. Jedi. Mm. Mixed reviews, apparently. But I think everyone who didn't like it is just a um, hater and possibly one of those outright fools. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's yeah. interesting you say that, though, because I think, I think the hardcore fans weren't happy with this movie but I think the casual fans were I'm a filthy casual mm. when it comes to Star Wars Same, I love yeah, this movie yeah, I'm a casual but I understand where they're coming from like if you're a hardcore Star Wars fan you would have spent years speculating on you know who are Ray's parents and what is uh, you know Fasten's really, role I we still don't really know. I, I think they still left it open for it to be someone it's important cute. I think they they mm. no but, but between um, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi fans were fans spent you know two years or yeah. however long it was, speculating on who her parents were, and mm. they just tossed it away, like, oh, your parents are no one. Well, they did address it. It's not like they didn't even bring it up. But I think fans wanted something more, more right? Yeah, well, I think if you're a hardcore fan, I, th- I understand why you would feel this way, because I'm kind of the same way with Harry Potter. I'm a huge mm. Harry Potter fan, and uh, I really didn't like the direction that this eighth story went. Um, didn't she just start writing, like, screenplays and then not actually writing books? Well, yeah, this eighth story was a was a was a play, right? Yeah, but it, and it's um, all like what happened to their kids. Yes, yeah. correct. But you know, as Ew. a hardcore fan of that, I was I really wasn't a fan of. Mm. I did not like the ending to Harry Potter. That was disgusting. They, they all end up on a train platform and they're sort of saying goodbye. And, well, right? I guess that's the end of the seventh book. But then right, they made okay. an eighth eight, eighth story, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't see the play, but I thought the movie version ending was disgraceful. Mm. They should not have put that in. They. Freaking gave Ginny Weasley mum hair. I don't know how they did that. It just looked look, they look like children dressing up in here in their parents' clothes. It was just so wrong. Well, that's that's the difference between a good makeup artist and a you know a bad makeup artist. I, I should have got the people from Brian. From Brian, yeah. <laughs> but um, so yeah, and J.K. Rowling famously said years later that she should have put Harry with Hermione, Hermione after all. Do you agree with? Yeah, I mean, she, she can say it makes that more she sense, wants, but... to be honest. But, mm. you know, the characters develop differently and you want to stay true to your original vision. I get that as an artist, but I also feel that you've got to edit it to the way the story takes its eventual shape mm. and it might deviate from where you started. Uh, it's the same, actually, funnily enough, with Dragon Ball. Bulma originally 
But as a hardcore fan, me? would you be upset? Sorry to cut you off, yeah. but if they went and rebooted it, which they will do one day. Yes. They made a lot of money, so within the next decade, there's going to be a new Harry Potter. Sure. Movie. Daniel Radcliffe's kid or something. Yep. Sure. Yeah. Um, and if they change the story to the point where he does end up with Hermione. And, you know, J.K. Rowling's like, yep, that's cool. Would you as a hardcore fan be upset? Of course. Of mm, course. Okay. Because this is not, that's not the story that I, I grew up with, right? That's not the it story that I know. It might be just a different, better version. It, I mean, if fine. it turns out to be a better story, mm. then I'll, I'll be fine with it. I'm, but I suspect it wouldn't be. I'm interested what you mean by hardcore fan. Because, like, I, I would describe myself as a pretty serious Star Wars fan. To the gr- degree that I grew up with it, my brothers used to own all the action figures, so I would play with them. And I actually read a few of the comic books growing up. Not many. It's not like I know everything about the universe, but I would say I'm more than casual. But I actually quite enjoyed. I would give it like an 8 out of... Okay. Yeah, an 8 out of 10. I quite enjoyed the the movie. So I'm I'm wondering what you mean when you say hardcore versus casual. Do you mean someone who's really fixated on certain elements of the storyline? It's just a general trend I noticed, I guess, that the people who didn't like the movie tend to be the more hardcore fans who, mm. will, who will go to places like Reddit or forums and discuss endlessly about the possibilities and speculate. Well, that's the interesting thing is when you compare the two different films and the two different anti-heroes, um, so you have Vader and now you have Kylo Ren, yep. they're two completely different people and they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And when you compare the two, of course Kylo is going to be lacking because he was a child, basically. At a young age, he was taken advantage of. He's not Vader. He never grew into Vader. Vader shaped himself. That's the one criticism I have kind of agreed with, that there isn't a really strong enough um, antagonist. Like the Emperor's kind of... I don't know, what's he called? Snoke. Snoke? Yeah, Yeah, he's just kind of in the background. He's really nebulous. And what's he about? Like, What's his story? I mean, he's bad, but... You know, you never really get a sense of him being super scary other than... I concur. You know, he's just... Eh. And he dies so quickly. And then Kylo Ren's kind of on the fence. I mean, he seems to have made his play now, but... Yeah. He was such a Disney villain, and he mo- monologued. Yeah. He was a monologuing Disney villain. It was really weird. He's not a fan of Snoke at no. all. I was actually really hoping, spoiler alert, that Rey and um, Kylo, because they were talking with one another, like mentally, telepathically, I was hoping that they would actually switch places. Mm. That Kylo would be redeemed because he would want to stop Ray from making his mistakes and then um, Ray would actually, of course, being young and to a certain extent, uh, you know, still learning ethics and things like that, might be seduced by the dark side of the Force mm. because she wants to save her friends. Well, we haven't had a female... Sith type dark side Jedi, have we? I'm sure there have. I'm sure there have been in the past, but yeah. not in the movies. No, right. in the comic books, the storylines there have been. So I think I think this is one of the the key messages I got from the movie, though, right? Like the reason why it's called the Last Jedi, I think, is because Luke was the last Jedi, and he yes. he leaves, and, and Snoke now. was the last Sith. And he leaves, and now you have these two who are not Jedi or not well, Sith, but they're in the middle. And they yes, kind of, I thought Ray is kind that. of a Jedi now because she had some training. But she has, she she's has minimal training, and she's not trained in the philosophy of of the Force. Yeah, so, hmm. so I think you have these scenes where where Ray kind of is like predominantly Jedi, but has shades of Sith in her, and Kylo Ren is predominantly Sith, but has shades of Jedi in him. And, uh, and so the point is that on the one side you have Luke, on the other side you have Snoke, and they, they both leave the series, they both die. 
Um, and instead, what will, what will dominate the universe is more these people who are kind of in the middle instead. I think, I think I, like, that's the key message I got from the, the movie. I also mm. liked how they open, with, uh, like at the end, when they end, it's the small child looking up at the stars and you realise he can actually, he, he, instead of grabbing the broom, he just puts his hand out and the broom yeah. comes to his hand. It's subtle, yeah. It's what a, a moment. It's just a quick little nod that there are future young gifted children who are going to grow up in a world where the Jedi texts have been destroyed. And I think that's why... Oh, they were destroyed. No, no, no Ray kept them. No, Ray kept them. Yeah. I thought um, they were destroyed no, in the no, fire. She, she, she stole them. them. Which yes. kind of... I've seen criticism that that makes that whole scene where they destroy the old temple of the Jedi that it's like, well, that was pointless because she kept the texts anyway, so obviously they are important. But so Yoda knew and he was laughing yes. at Luke. So this is a very quick, like key quote, right? Yoda says to Luke something to the effect of, you know, Ray doesn't have anything that doesn't exist in that temple already. And I, he, he said that because he knew oh. Ray already had the text with oh. her. So okay. when the, yeah. I actually heard that there is... This is why it's good to have someone here that paid attention. There, <laughs> there are talks at the moment that there will be a young Yoda film. Yeah. Which I am excited for. Wow. Because I'm also really sad Yoda was the last of his species, wasn't he? He's always good as a side character, but I don't know if he could carry an entire film. A young, yeah. a young Yoda. A younger Yoda. He's still going to be a t- how young is he going to look? What, like a little Wasn't worm? he, what, 300 or something? Yeah, but, I mean, he's still going to look like Yoda. He's not going to suddenly turn into a green Keanu Reeves or something. No. A green Elmo, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Jesus. Um, <laughs> yes, they should cast Elmo. I'm more excited about the Han Solo film. Apparently, uh, the Han Solo actor isn't much of an actor, which is weird considering they had about 300 guys to pick from um, they had to reshoot it with Ron Howard they dropped Omar from The Wire uh, which is I was looking forward to seeing him in a Star Wars movie that's kind of sad um, but Donald Glover recently was quoted as saying not really much got changed at all what, so. what's going to happen with uh, the casting of Princess Leia mm. now, oh, sorry General Leia now oh, yeah, that yeah. I'm really Carrie Fisher pissed has off that they can't passed away say goodbye properly like they yeah had some great farewell scenes in terms of her um giving a nod to luke skywalker and all that sort of and that was kind of his goodbye that yeah. character so you couldn't really have them both go i get that but i don't know now that she's going to obviously die off screen um she did die off screen story, yeah but it's like oh well the they character will have to die off screen and they're all just going to have to be a bit sad but they can recast a, someone else and they just don't make her look like her they just go no this is now general Air. But then nah, they could do that, that if they yeah, wanted they to. Won't. They do actually, fun fact, they own her rights yeah, to her image, which is interesting. I don't know if any of you... Yeah, I remember her talking about that, that yeah. it was weird that she would see herself everywhere and... <laughs> Not she, earn a dime for it, that's yeah. unfortunate. That was George Lucas and his 1.5%. Um, don't sign things like that, <laughs> basically. If you're in a film, don't sign contracts that you know, cut you out of your own... Yeah, but that means that before that movie, no one was making any money from toys. Oh, there you go. That's that's why uh, they went to Mattel, they went to Hasbro, they went to all the big toy companies, just knocked them back. They said, nah, we don't want this crap, no one's going to watch it. What are you talking about? Get away from me. Security. (laughs) And uh, a small little warehouse in Cincinnati, in the middle of nowhere, America, picked it up and the rest is history. There's a great series on Netflix, documentary about toys... Eight parts. Awesome. Cool. So, check it out. I always um, love hearing that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, recommend it. Uh, what else? I think that was it in terms of what's going on in the worlds of sex, depraved, Hollywood, 
people. I think we had the Max Landis thing. That's the only real... The guy from Deadpool, we already talked about that last episode. Um, TJ Miller. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That pretty much covers us well, for what's been on lately. For, um, um, for minimal... I still like, haven't seen The Shape of Water, which is the... We are talking about I before. Um, what's his name again? Guillermo del Toro. Oh, I do the worst Spanish <laughs> pronunciation. I'm not sure, but it looks fantastic. Yeah. It's amazing. I cannot wait to see it. Uh, I'm just pulling it up now, but I actually saw something earlier today. It might just be a tidbit, but I, I have seen this particular presenter. She's a YouTube presenter. Um, she's taken to Facebook because both of her YouTube videos on the subject were removed. It's about sexual harassment um, in regards to a particular... Oh, my God, it's not loading. I don't have any internet. Uh, are we out of... Um, is it? We're in the middle of the city, gorgeous city of Sydney, and... Uh, oh, here we go. It's starting now. No, right. I think it's just the internet here might be a bit like hard for my reception. We're in the Westpac building, by the way. But we don't work for <laughs> you Westpac. You might have to edit that out. But for an unnamed... Very uh, elite. Here we go. IT so this is a YouTuber I've only recently started sort of yep. inside eyeing. Yep. I haven't really read much of her work, but it was right. just I came across one of her Facebook posts called "Scarfing Scarves." So she was saying that the head of Anime Matsuri, John Lee, is suing her for defamation. What's Anime Matsuri? So Anime Matsuri is um, a particular. Uh, company that she's been looking into because of their sexual assault allegations now they're reasonably small time in comparison to the people we have been talking about but these guys go to a lot of cons and things like that so that's right she she runs a blog i believe it's called last week lolita news and she just covers you know snapshots of different things so she's a, a lolita cosplayer is this the facebook post i saw where they said sorry we only hire good looking young female cosplayers because they're the ones that pay our rent no. Oh. Uh, I did see that. That was a thing. A lot of people got upset. That's creepy. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Well, it's true. They were like, hey, we got to make a, a, a... This is our business. So we're not going to have many men because they don't bring customers. Uh, we're not going to have any, like, uh, what, what's the word? Plus size cosplayers because, again, no money. So uh, that was a little controversial. It was a, a booth type company where they always have a stall and they always hire booth babes booth babes Ugh. yeah and they were like basically trying to justify why it's just the young pretty types so yeah well scarfing scars is talking about a particular company called ask is it ask japanese i think it sounds so obscure yeah it's just like a small time thing for cons and things like that but i just thought it was interesting mm. uh but there you go yeah all right you're looking forward to supernova in june Hell yeah, I've already got my cosplays planned for this year. What about yourself, Pat? What are your, what's your cosplay <sighs> list? It's a challenge, yeah, because I've got the big suit, but then I don't get to... I've noticed when I've been pining for one for years, yeah, everyone's going to love it, but then you don't get to really immerse yourself in the um, cosplay. You can't take photos, and that's a big part of the fun for me. So I don't know. I'll probably uh, try and mix it up, do a bit of the, the suit one day, and then just be another punter the, the next day. The power armour. Fallout. Fallout power armor. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. But I, I and it just—it's a hassle to put on. It's hot. It, you can barely move around in it. So it's a bit of careful what you wish for. Careful I'm, what you pay a lot of money for. <laughs> I'm hoping to do the Nuka Cola girl. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. She's awesome, and also getting the acrylic globe. That's what that is. Mm. It's not a fish bowl. I didn't no. know what to look for for ages. 
you know, they're, they're called acrylic globes, so you gotta, I'm actually going to have to get that custom made, if not cast it myself. Jeez. What about yourself, Kevin? Any cosplay plans this year? Oh, I'm not a cosplayer. My partner is. Shout out to Nano. Hi, babe. <laughs> uh, she's working on something. But... Oh, the poor Ooh. thing's going to have to listen to this. You better make her listen. <laughs> Sorry, Nano. What, what, what is she working on? Do you know? Can you say? Uh, it's a character from uh, Dynasty Warriors. Okay. She's uh she's working mm. super hard on it. She you know she she she's de- dedicated herself to one good cosplay costume for for the year. So oh, she's wow. you're not even going to throw on like a Yukata or something. I mean, Dynasty Warriors are they all Chinese generals and I think Japanese so. generals. You could throw on something kind of. Oh sure. Yeah, well, yeah I could do that. Yeah, yeah do so. Period piece type. <laughs> Well, I was going, going to say, I've also got a few other costumes in mind for this year. So some of them, uh, one is Diva. I still have to play Overwatch. I keep hearing about it from other people. I just, I love mm. the Asian representation there. I was like, oh, I love Diva. Um, so I've actually got to sit myself down and play and properly research her. Then I also want to do uh, a drone xenomorph from the movie Aliens. Nice. Wow. Alien. What about a Disney princess alien? Because now what? Disney obviously owns Fox and that's... Well, the latest Disney princess. Hilariously enough, isn't a xenomorph queen technically the birth of other Disney princesses? I mean, anything goes now. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. Like, I mean, the recently, I be a uh, into Disney not cast, but hired. J.J. Um, Abrams paid a lot of money to get the guy behind Quentin Tarantino. Oh, Tarantino. To do Star Trek. The next Star Trek <gasps> film will be Quentin Tarantino. You didn't know that? I didn't know it's that. It's insane. So it's, it's going to be R-rated. It's going to be full of swearing, full yep. of interspecies sex, I'm sure. People with limbs getting cut off. Yep. I yep. love his... Accidentally getting a head shot off. Yeah. His beautiful goal. Harvey Cartel after coming and clean it up. Mm-hmm. It's just awesome. Well, I'm, uh, the other thing that I'm going to cosplay as well, I'm hoping for next year, is possi- uh, this year, I mean, is Jessica Rabbit. Is in my other cosplay. So there you go. Mm. Circling back. Good old uh, Bob Hoskins. You know, have like a couple cosplay, get that guy, or someone could be the rabbit. This is Roger Rabbit, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 Roger right. Rabbit. Wow. Okay. I Bob yeah, Hoskins I can from see the that. Mario movie. Yeah, and he was in the Great Train Robbery. Oh. Um, that Mario movie, wow, that was a shocker. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It made about $3. <laughs> so Man, I got to download it. sunk a few now. careers. Like the people it. that made it were like seriously on some good drugs. <laughs> if there's, I don't know if it was a documentary or I read about it in Empire great uh, film magazine but um, sure it was a real shit show it. that uh, the making of that they spent so much money on sets and um, I'm sorry what? I'm, I'm oh no sorry. sets <laughs> oh. oh is that I thought you said something else <laughs> yeah no. well they probably did too there was a lot of drugs being consumed <laughs> John Leguizamo I read his biography and he talked about being on that because he was Luigi no. and it was just a nutty set like anything goes but That's no funny. yeah the set maybe my if you I want don't to know talk what about that is but yeah. nutty sets I have to mm. say I've heard stories from one of the actors of Lex L-E-X-X oh uh, wasn't that, that German uh one of the oh yeah, yeah I think you're right yeah. one of the actors was definitely German she was mm. uh what, what was her name uh her name was Zev I believe right. so it was a Space-based sci-fi kind of series made in like the 90s or early 2000s. Yeah, it was tongue-in-cheek. It did do a lot of head nods and sort of, Mm. you know, tongue-in-cheek slash shoulder, uh, sorry, um, elbow nudging. I haven't seen it. Was it sort of money-wise at the level of maybe Farscape or? Oh, God, no. Uh, Mm. Not even that. No, it was was just 
I really enjoyed it. It was like a mm. cult following. It's fantastic. Uh, I do recommend if you like sci-fi, adult humour and, you know, just people being creative on the lowest budget, do take a gander. It's, it's quite good. The acting's pretty decent and the storylines are weird because it's a sci-fi. It's got to be creative. Uh, and, yeah, I was uh, one of the actors, the main actors came and I've got his signed autographed in my bedroom. That was the um, main act, main character, actually. Yeah, and, he's, and you said something doing. nutty happened on the set. So many nutty things happened on the set. He he came and gave us all these amazing stories. Maybe I can't go into them all. Possi- I can't possibly. You could maybe share one of them. Oh, God. Um, you can't open like that and then leave us hanging. <laughs> Sexy well, German sci-fi almost porn TV series and they had crazy weird things on the set but I'm not going to tell you we can't talk about it well the set itself was set up in a warehouse and they're saying how it was boiling hot so a lot of the scenes that you're watching them in they are sweating like Mm. nothing else so the spaceship that they're on is supposed to be an organic spaceship Uh, it's made of it's alive it's a creature it looks like a dragonfly slash flying penis (laughs) floating through space uh, and it basically consumes anything and can turn it into nutrients and food. Wait, so, the spaceship is a is alive. alive. Gee, that doesn't sound like fast food. And it's hilarious because they go. There's the shower scene where they do a tongue-in-cheek shower scene, and it looks so gross because the shower nozzle is literally an extension of the limb, so it looks really phallic. <laughs> nice. Um, and the toilets have tongues in them. No. So they lick your butt when you go to pee and poo. This is just hilarious because it's just they thought of these really creative, bizarre solutions if you're in a spaceship that is alive by itself, you know, naturally alive, and how things work. And I just mm. love how ridiculous they get and how, like, we, we would sit there and be like, that's so uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm really uncomfortable with that. But, it yeah, it's, it's gross, but it's tongue-in-cheek, and I like the way it sort of head nods to... Brilliant science fiction, uh, absurdist humor. It's great. Mm. Okay, that's a different yeah. angle. Yeah, I mean, Farscape. I don't know if you've seen it, but you know, when it gets shot by other ships, it screams in pain. At one point, I think it's pregnant, or it's going through some kind of weird menopause. Um, wow, I did not yeah. remember that if I'm so. But uh, yeah, it definitely doesn't have toilets that lick your butt. <laughs> so. It's quite funny it when the characters. It can be that. humorous, but yeah, not that kind of. <laughs> Well, uh, his divine shadow is the cult that starts it off. It's really interesting because Dev, when you first see her, she is uh, this... uh, I don't know which actress played her, but she did a great job. She's Mm. basically been raised to be a bride. So it's a futuristic dystopia where this young woman has been raised in a bridal farm. So she's just been living in a room her entire life, being force-fed mantras about how to be a wife. And um, you see this... You know, poor unfortunate creature, sort of this woman. She's supposed to be married to this young guy, and she's really chubby, like she's overweight because she's been in a room her entire life. She has no interest and nothing to do, and she gets upset because at the altar she rejects him. So she gets. She's the one from the bridal farm? Yeah, she's the one from bridal farm. So she doesn't want that life. So she gets sentenced by this automation sort of judge uh, to be turned into a sex slave because that is apparently how things roll there uh so she it just sounds like a really shitty way to run a farm that, yeah it that, is that specifically it's like, a dystopian future yeah i know but i'm sure I'm not, I'm, i mean the concept itself is shitty but if you're going to 
do something shitty, then do it well. <laughs> don't like breed fat wives because obviously even in the future. Fat wives, they, they, no, um, but have in the like future, fat it seems that that's, if that's obviously what you want. not what people want because that, the way you put it is that that was not an attractive feature. Oh so, well, it's know. not that. It was just. I have to rewatch it again, to mm. be honest. But basically, she was rejected at the altar because she also rejected him. So she gets sentenced to be a sex slave. So they take her away and they have this like crazy body modification machine that makes her look amazing. And that's played by the model, who's the German model, uh, who plays Dev. And then there's supposed to be a brainwashing device, so she'll be complacent. But at the last possible moment... Um, this is starting to sound like a Rick and Morty episode. Sorry? Uh, yeah, well, a whole bunch of things go wrong and a robot gets um, instead put in the machine in her place and she escapes. But the robot is now in love with her. Definitely a Rick and oh, Morty yeah, episode. Yeah, totally <laughs> Rick and Morty. Uh, so, yeah, if you like the They stole of all their stories from a, like, obscure German sci-fi. Yeah. And it's hilarious because she is the only living human, aside from Stanley Tweedle, who have escaped mm. on this ship that they're stranded on trying to go from planet to planet looking Sam, for sanctuary. His name is Stanley Tweedle. Stanley Tweedle. Stanley Tweedle. He actually is supposed to have de- designed the ship and now he's a janitor. So that sounds like something Douglas Adams would have written. <laughs> except what, for the toilet humour. Which, what, by the way, yeah. Farscape isn't a verse too. There was a small alien named Rigel. Um, or was from the planet Rigel? Anyway, he would use to... His gas that he emitted quite frequently was uh, made up of helium. So whenever hey, he broke wind, wow. everyone would start speaking with the... That's incredible because helium, helium is incredibly hard to find as a resource because mm. it's... A, it's um, yeah. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> there you go. Well, apparently when the universe was created, it was like 70%, like a minute after the Big Bang, it was 70% helium and 30%... Yeah, I think the other thing, a nitrogen. Finite, if I'm, if I'm holding like my... Maybe hydrogen. That sounds like... Hydrogen's one and helium's two, right? Oh, there we go. yeah, you're right, it's hydrogen. Yeah. I got the that two confused. Uh, That's about the extent of my knowledge of uh, astronomy. So, yeah, okay. We covered a fair bit there. We're over an hour, so try not to... We don't have a lot of jingles and ways to break up the um, monotony of my... Are you more pink? musical voice so I think we'll uh, wrap it up for 2018 number well, we don't call them seasons I don't get that we're just going to do an endless series of episodes so it's 23 uh, we'll be back with 24 as soon as uh, David recovers his voice um, and maybe Vin will be back when he recovers from his stroke um, so until then uh, we'll keep it fun and um, what's that thing about dessert <laughs> we had a line. I just can't do Vin. I can't do him justice. Um, keep it sweet, keep it short. Yeah, that's a good one. We'll use that. Keep it sweet, keep it short. We do Unlike not keep us. it short, though. <laughs> <laughs> we go um, back for seconds. Yeah, we love it. Um, and hopefully you do too. And if you do, let us know. Tweet. Um, not that I've logged into the Twitter for a while, but we do have a Facebook page. That you know, will, It would tell me as soon as you do anything to it. So it's like hardwired into my nervous system. Pat's watching. Yeah, and I'm always I, watching. I will do a shout out for one of my friends. Uh, he's Cole underscore makeup underscore artist on Instagram if you're interested in following an Australian makeup artist. Is there a way to easily search on Instagram some part of that? Or do you have to put in the... You, that was a lot of um, underscores. No, there was only two. Cole underscore <laughs> makeup underscore artist. That's it. Uh, he's actually worked on was, Discovery. Online. Right. So... He's he's really talented. Star Trek Discovery, not the Discovery Channel. Yeah, sorry, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so he's he's really talented Australian makeup artist. I would totally give you a shout out if you're interested in giving him a follow on Insta. Um, yeah, so All right. there you go. Well, thanks for coming. We'll have you back. Um, obviously, it was uh, good times. Thanks, Kevin, for hosting us and all the free popcorn. You're very and, welcome. Uh, I ate so much popcorn. Yes. All right. Thanks um, for having us, Pat. Have some dessert and get the hell out. Thanks, Pat. Bye. podcast is brought to you in part by the Brain Trust Brothers Network. For more information about this podcast or others, visit braintrustbros.com.